Welcome to the Short Term Show, the show about short-term rentals and long-term wealth, with real property owners hosting real properties who are crushing it in the vacation and short-term rental space. And here's your host, Avery Carl. Good morning out there, all you short-term shoppers. It's Avery Carl, and I wanted to give you guys a quick reminder about something that I don't think I've done a good enough job of keeping you aware of. So I get a lot of emails from y'all every week, and I love getting emails from you. By the way, I love talking to our listeners, and a lot of them are asking for real estate agent recommendations in different markets. And what I don't think I've done a good job of is making sure that you guys are aware that the short-term show is actually a subsidiary of the short-term shop which is the largest short-term rental specific real estate team brokered by EXP. I have to say that or I get in trouble in the country. So we have offices in 12 of the top short-term rental markets in the country. And we are here to help you purchase your first, second, third, or 10th short-term rental. And if you buy with us in any of those markets, we have a whole back-end training program where we will teach you everything you need to know about managing your short-term rental remotely. Everything from setting up your Airbnb and VRBO listings to teaching you how to use all the property management software that you'll need, all the way down to helping you source your local boots on the ground like cleaners and handymen. And we have some awesome Facebook support communities that we want you guys to be a part of where we all share ideas and information about managing our short-term rental, which short-term rentals, which markets are the best, uh, what we're doing next, and all of that really fun stuff. So if you want to be a part of the short-term shop community, if you want to buy a house with us, we really want to help you guys. So head on over to the shorttermshop.com and click schedule a consultation. We'll see you there. If you invest in real estate or manage properties, you need banking that's truly built for your business. Many traditional banks make it difficult to sync banking information across many of the personal finance platforms that we as real estate investors use every day. This is why I recommend Relay. Relay is an online banking and money management platform that's a perfect fit for any real estate business. First, there are no account fees, no overdraft fees, and no minimum balances, which means you get to keep more money in your pocket. Relay also goes above and beyond the banking basics to help you understand precisely what you're earning, spending, and saving. You get up to 20 checking accounts to organize and allocate income for things like day-to-day -day expenses, investments, or taxes. And if you have multiple investment properties set up as separate business entities, that's no problem. Relay lets you open unlimited accounts and access everything from one single login. Best of all, Relay makes your bookkeeping speedy and meticulous by giving you ultra-detailed transaction data and directly syncing it back to QuickBooks Online and Xero. The ability to have so many separate bank accounts and allocation options in my user dashboard has really transformed my personal banking experience. I will never go back. It takes 10 minutes to apply for a Relay account, and you can do it online at RelayFi.com slash the short-term shop. So again, for more information and to open an account, go to RelayFi.com slash the short-term shop. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the short-term show. Today, I have a, not a guest, but a man who needs no and wants no introduction here to talk about the current state of the short-term rental market in 2022, the man who taught almost everyone how to do it, Mr. Luke Carl. 
Yes, great to be here. It's great to be here. That is true. Um, I have taught thousands how to do this, uh, and uh, and and I appreciate you having me here. And and uh, co-founder of the Short Term Shop, very proud of that. And uh, it's great to be here. You said you didn't want an introduction, so I did not give you. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't need one. If I need to be introduced, I'm not trying hard enough. All right then. So co-founder of the Short Term Shop. Uh, director, president, emperor of education at the short term shop. The shaman, short term. <laughs> yeah. The what? The shaman of short oh. term. Yes. Okay. Uh, anyway. Cash flow, Carl, in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, he's an entertainer for a living, basically. I don't know if you noticed. Entertain you for <laughs> a living. What I do. All right. All right. So, we are here to talk about just a lot of things that we see in our Facebook groups and our forums and things that we're seeing in terms of uh, the market. And, you know, if you, if, if you see the same question more than two or three times, it's probably time to address that and, and go over some things. So we're going to talk about management in 2022 because things are a little different this year than they have been in the past. I mean, they change yearly anyway, because, Everything is cyclical, whether it's the real estate prices or you know the rentals themselves. So let's talk about that. Well, I like that you said if it's happened three times, fix it because that is like the that's that's the core of my entire business when it comes to management. Of course, I'm managing long terms as well, a couple hundred of them, frankly, uh, that uh, that we own. And uh, <clears throat> now that's a different vibe because you you have. You know, you generally want to put a property manager on a long-term rental, although I do highly recommend anybody out there that's new to real estate, um, you should probably cut your teeth on self-managing your long-terms, at least in the early days, depending on what your goal is in this in this gig. There's a, many, a million different ways you can take real estate, obviously, but it worked out well for me. I was, I was self-managing long-terms from a distant, a distance when we first started about three hours away. And um, it, it's, it's very difficult. It's, it's, uh, it's the opposite of, of short-term. The things that are hard in short-term are uh, the things that are hard in, in, in uh, long-term, they're opposites. You know, placing tenants is a big, big pain in the rear end, especially when you're three hours away. But if you've never been through that process, it's difficult to, uh, to place a manager on a, on a long-term and, uh, and have success with it because you don't know how to, you know what to tell them how to do things, and you you do need to manage your your managers. But of course, in short term, we do highly recommend that you quote unquote do it yourself because there's so many apps and websites that just don't exist in long term because there's really no way to 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 systematize placing a tenant other than you know uh, what apartments.com and, and maybe an app like Tenant Turner are already doing. But anyway, um, I like that you brought up the uh, more than a couple of times thing. There's a book called Upstream. That's one of the main things that I do on my, on the, uh, on, on the, uh, running the day to day. I just realized I'm wearing these Mardi Gras beads that our, uh, our daughter put on us. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were doing that to be like funny. No, it's not part, it was not stick. Uh, I did not realize <laughs> I had those on. Yeah, we are married. We have two wonderful children and, uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, Upstream is a book. Highly recommend that. Um, and, uh, and it really is. It's a big part. It's a big part of the process. If, if I've been asked the same question in short term more than two times, it's my fault. And I'll fix that by putting it in the uh, the, the, the uh, um, listing description or the welcome message, uh, et cetera. So I don't even remember what you asked me, but you said more than two times. And I went off on that tangent because I do value that book uh, 
tremendously, and I highly recommend it to uh, to anybody. My main question there is, how is management different in 2022? Specifically, how is it different than it was in 2021? Because we, had, we saw a lot of buyers buying properties in 2020 and 2021. They're in 2022 now. Things look a little bit different. So what are those differences in the way you have to manage a property this year versus last year? 21 was easy. It was a little too easy, especially if you were coming into it in that year. Um, everybody got a big, of several checks, um, and went on vacation and they, they were not working at their, maybe even 2020 was involved in this a, a little bit as well as where, when this started, obviously everybody, everybody was working from home. Uh, they were bored as hell. Couldn't get on an airplane. Couldn't really go anywhere, but what can we do? We can go on vacation and rent a house. Uh, and that's even safer, especially in the 2020 era. Uh, that's even safer than a hotel because at a hotel, you still have to pass by other people and you have to be sleeping next to strangers. But if you're renting a house, you know, so this exploded and it was super easy. Like you could go two months without looking at a property um, in, in 2021 and still get booked and still make dough. And now we're coming back to real life, which um, if you were if you were coming into into short term in, in 20, late 20 or, or, or 21, the entire year of 21, you don't know what real life is like. Um, and it's not difficult. Real life is not difficult. But if you're living by those 2020, 2021 standards, then all of a sudden we're saying, oh my goodness, what happened here? Because everybody, nobody wants to look at themselves, right? Nobody wants to say, oh, um, it's me. It's, it's always something else. Everybody's making excuses, which of course now I'm going to bring up, uh, I'm sure you know exactly where I'm taking this, Extreme Ownership, another book, which is, it's 100% true. I mean, if there's something happening in your life that is not what you want it to be, um, whether whether it was placed in front of you by your own power or not, it is still your fault because you may or may not be doing anything about it to fix it. Anyway, that's a, I'm not going to summarize a 12-hour book in one sentence, but uh, please read that book. But yeah, 21 was was easy. It was like shooting fish in a barrel. It really was. And now we're living in real life. You know, a 2019 scenario. I don't think. I mean, it's definitely not the bottoms falling out or anything. I'm I'm booked like crazy. I'm booked like crazy. But that's I have the luxury of having a crap load of reviews. I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this since back when people thought it was nuts, and we almost had to kind of just like talk people into thinking this was a good idea. You know, so now we go back to when we first started. Avery and I, we own very proudly the. The property that has been on Airbnb the longest in the Smoky Mountains. And um, that's a big deal. That is probably in most people's. I don't know why that grin is happening right there. Uh, I know I know where that's coming from, but I don't know what it's coming from. Uh, but anyway, I'm laughing you because you are turned up today. I'm, I'm on fire. But anyway, so, you know, we Avery and I own the property that literally has been on Airbnb longer in the Smokies than any other property. Um, and uh and that's a big deal because that's probably, in most people's uh, uh, opinion, the the biggest vacation market in America, uh, possibly in the world. Uh, vacation, you know, vacation rental for short term rental. What we do here. Um, now that being said, I didn't re I didn't invent this thing, right? Airbnb has been around since uh, 07, technically, and they really hit it big in, in about 11 with a Super Bowl commercial of all things. But Verbo has been around for 20, almost 28 years. So there was there's plenty of people that have been on Verbo longer than me. But uh, when we first started, as you'll remember, there was only two or three people on Airbnb in the Smokies and everybody thought it was nuts. And why would you do that? It's too much work. How can you do that from a distance? And and we were able to prove them wrong. And then eventually these softwares came in and made it easy. So I, I've, I've had the a, a pleasure of being through several market shifts in, in really still a small period of time. Because again, Airbnb has only been 
I mean, really, in all for all purposes, really only been around for about a decade. So I've been through uh, the transition between almost everything being property manager, third property manager uh, managed in short term to the Airbnb thing coming in and kind of taking over in vacation markets where this has been done for centuries, like 100 years. But then Airbnb kind of slowly transitioned. And I, I was uh, I have now looking back on it, the pleasure of, of having uh, been at the very early stages of that in, in some of the biggest vacation markets in America. So to answer your question now, we've got to <laughs> we've got to pay more attention. You know, I see a lot of people complaining. I'm not getting bookings. I'm not getting bookings. And I get it. It's a little harder than it used to be. The gas prices we're up now. They are starting to drop. We're seeing we're seeing threes now in the gas prices in a few areas, uh, as in three as in three dollars, upper three dollars. And and we're uh, uh, I saw I read this morning again. We're, we're recording this uh, uh, late July twenty two, and I, I read this morning that uh, we are expecting the the government is expecting nationwide gas prices to be under four uh, by the end of this summer. So that that's definitely you know it seems to be. Maybe going to help, maybe not. I don't know. Now we're borderline politics, which is not something I want to get into here. But uh, anyway, 2022, is that what year this is? We've got to pay more attention. You've got to be looking at your listings. You've got to be spending some time on price labs. And if somebody told you this was going to be easy, you know, I apologize. It, it's it's like, okay, so we bought this thing. We thought it was going to be easy. Shooting fish in a barrel. We put it on the internet. It makes a ton of money. And then and the next thing you know, you get a message that your guest fell down the stairs and broke her knee. And you're like, oh my God, this is reality. I have to deal with this. And with all rental real estate, it is reality, you know, whether they're living in it or not. So basically what you're saying is last year, people could buy any old thing and just slap it up on Airbnb and get rented. And this year you actually do have to do a good job of managing your property or at least try, at least make an effort. Pretty much. We, we are, we are property managers at the end of the day. If you're doing short-term rental and you're doing it right, you are a property manager. And there's so many people that have come in in the last 18 months and just think they're reinventing the wheel because they got six bookings and they're brilliant geniuses. geniuses and they're like, oh my God, I'm going to figure out a way to monetize this thing. And it's like, no, dude, you're just a property manager like everybody else. The goal is, Avery, as you know, for me, is to get to the next property. That's what's important here. And if it takes, you know, every little bit of cash flow uh, works. But yes, to answer your question, yes. It's back to being, you know, it's a gig and it's a fun gig. I absolutely enjoy it. I love spending time on Price Labs. It's a creative. I feel Price Labs is a creative outlet for me almost. And uh, uh, yeah, we're getting back to normal times is what it is. So you bring up Price Labs. Let's talk about pricing. So I see a lot of people post things like, Oh, I just put my listing up and I'm not getting any bookings. Can y'all take a look at my listing and, and tell me what the problem is? What is the number one problem? What's the thing that you see the most when people are asking for help because they're new and they're not really getting booked? The number one problem that I see is, um, man, I almost crushed it. What's the word where they uh, don't really see the problem? Uh, it's it's within themselves. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, uh, help me. They're their own worst enemy? Yes, but there's a word for it. Anyway, the, the, <laughs> the, uh, crap, it's going to come to me. The, the number one problem is that we're not admitting there's a problem, basically. 
Um, and, and we're not looking within, um, we're, we're, what's the damn word anyway. Uh, we're not taking, taking ownership of the situation, which is not the word I'm looking for. And that word is killing me now. But anyway, so the, the number one problem is that they're not, mm. um, but anyway, so, uh, not taking responsibility. No, no, it's, uh, we're blinded to the situation. Oh, uh, you're not seeing the forest for the trees. Exactly. Whatever. There's a you're word. Not, uh, you're, uh, about like being too close to really be able to see it. And I'm, yeah, no, there's one word starts with possibly a D anyway, this we're going, we're ruining it now, but anyway, so the problem is, is that people don't want to admit that they're the problem. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then number two is pricing. Uh, number two is pricing. Absolutely. Denial. Denial. I'm in denial. Thank you. I knew it started with a D. Thank that, you. I can't take credit for that. Che, my VA hit me on the side and said, I think he's trying to think of the word denial. You just saved the whole show. Thank you. Denial. They're in denial. The number one problem is that people, hosts are in denial. Absolutely. They're in denial that they could be the problem. And you are the problem. You are the problem. You are the problem. And people don't want to admit it. And uh, and, and it's sad at, at, at times because there, it could be just the, the simplest, easy little tweak. But people let their let their ego get in the way and say, oh, I, my property is perfect. And, and how dare you make recommendations as to what I should change and and. It's like anything in life, uh, you know, you, you, you want to lose weight, but you don't want to take the advice. It's the same thing. So, but pricing is number one after that, after denial, <laughs> the river um, is pricing, especially when you're brand new, you come in, you do all this, you do all this research and um, you, you know, you base it off of gross income and then you narrow it down to like average nightly rate. And then you go live and you just assume that you're going to get like this big average nightly rate from all this research you did. And the truth is, is you don't have any reviews. You don't know what the hell you're doing. You're not communicating with your guests, right? Because you're not good at it. You've never been a property manager before. Uh, we see, we see most, most folks that are coming into short-term have never been long-term owners, uh, which that, that does help by the way, if you've owned a long-term company short-term in most aspects it does help commercial wise it can get in the way if you're running spreadsheets uh, as it's a, as a, an apartment building that that can get in the way but anyway you, having long-term experience will generally help so if you're coming into this with no experience of any kind you ran all these numbers 17 spreadsheets and you throw these what you thought was going to be the number on this thing and you're not getting booked and then it's like all of a sudden it's like well my house, I bought the wrong house. You know, that's what they go to instantly. They're like, I bought the wrong house. I bought in the wrong market. This was dumb. What did I do? I screwed, I, I, I screwed it up. I, I screwed up by buying the wrong house. But no, really what you're doing is just, you're just charging too much. You don't have any reviews. You don't know what you're doing. And you're, you're trying to charge a premium based on likely your enemies, of course, searching enemies on, on the platforms to find what they're charging. And if that enemy has 300 reviews, you cannot price your property at the same price that they're pricing their property. You can get there eventually. You just have to start at the beginning. And the beginning is when you have no reviews and no one who's going to book really has anything to go off of on your property. You do have to undercut until you can build up that review base so that you can get those prices that your enemies are getting. And let's also not gloss over the when you said that people get freaked out and say, oh my God, it's not booking. I bought the wrong house. Let's not lose sight of how terrified we were when we bought our first property. And 
the time between when you close and when you get it up on the listing sites and you get your first booking is probably the most terrifying time of your entire life or your entire investing life because it's something new. You just put, a, in our case, we had put down our entire savings. We were like scraping pennies out of the bottom of my purse to make that down payment. And you have this fear. I don't know about everybody else, but I'm very worst case scenario. So my brain has to go to like every dark corner before it makes its way back around to being normal. So it's terrifying. There is nothing more scary than thinking I've just spent all of my money on this. What if I chose wrong? And I think that's, we have to remember that when we're telling people, uh, you know, when we're giving advice is to, to not lose sight of how scary it was. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's fond memories at this point. At the time, it, I was scared to death. And I'm not uh, scared of anything. I'm always jump right in and figure it out. And I don't give a crap. Like, you can't hold me back. I'm going to do this. And I was still scared. I, I remember sleeping in our, in our first one, first short term. Um, we had a long term before that. But uh, just being just just terrified. I think we were just just barely married. And, and uh, you know, what are we doing here? This is we're putting our whole livelihood on and. But yeah, you're, you know, looking back on it, it was it is fond memory now. Um, and uh, and I wish I could have just grabbed that dude and been like, dude, it's going to be fine. And I was I did feel like that for the most part. But there were moments there were big time moments. Um, but other than pricing, Avery, we move now on to um, pictures. Pictures are huge. Um, and people uh, don't believe me when I tell them their pictures stink. And again, I'm not some kind of interior design. I don't know anything about I do fancy myself a bit of a hobby photographer. I love my camera. I'm not, not going to go photograph a home. I don't know how to do that. That's not something I've ever done. But, um, you know, I, I if I can look at your listing and say, and please don't send me your listing, but if I'm looking at your listing and saying, um, you know, hey, your main picture stinks, if I can tell the whole world can tell because I'm, you know, I'm not that really that great at it. And, but the thing is, is that the host doesn't realize it. They don't think about it that hard. They hired, the, hopefully they're hiring somebody and it was, somebody was recommended. Uh, but, but a lot of times the truth is, even if you hired somebody, the pictures are not as good as they need to be. You cannot, cannot period send a uh, spend uh, too much money on, on, on photos for a short term. They're, they're really, I mean, that's, that's it, man. Pictures, pricing and platforms, I say. So I'll lead it, I'll lead it right into number three platforms. I get this all the time, all the time. Luke, I'm not getting any bookings. What do I do? Well, let me take you a look, a look at your listing. They sent me an Airbnb and I'm like, uh, all right, well, where's your verbo? I need to look at your verbo too. And, and they're like, well, I'm not on there because I wasn't getting any bookings and it, it was, you know, I just found it was a waste of my time or the bookings were slow or that I didn't like those guests, but, and that's a huge mistake. It is it's a huge mistake. Verbo is old school. I get that. It's not as hip. It's not as cool. It's not as sexy per se. And it's generally a bit of an older crowd, but it, we're talking a $12 billion uh, uh, property management, you know, rental uh, software uh, website platform. And so if you're, if you're like, leaving out a $12 million version of what you're trying to do here. It's a, in my opinion, a massive mistake. So uh, leaving out Verbo is, is, uh, is the third most common pictures, platforms, and uh, prices, pictures, and platforms. All right. I'm going to change gears on you. Another big thing that I see people posting all the time is, Oh, I really want to buy an X market, but it's seasonal. So I'm not even going to research it. What do you 
Let's compare. Like we talk about the Smokies all the time. Smokies are great. What fine, whatever. I'm sick of hearing about them. Let's talk about our beach properties and why seasonality isn't necessarily anything to be afraid of. Yeah. So that's another limiting belief. And I totally understand that when you're new and and you're like, if you're brand new and you're really depending on this income to, you know, pay the mortgage and things like that, um, it can be very scary to go into a market where you're, you're, you're going four or five months with nothing. Um, but you, you really have to kind of work that into your, your, your business plan. Um, and that, and then, and then another thing we hear all the time is like, well, should I buy, should I not buy? And, and right, like right now, cause we're getting start, start kind of creeping into slow season. Should I wait and buy in the spring? Um, that's not exactly what you asked me and I'll let you tackle that portion. As far as management and, 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 um, and, and income is concerned, I'll actually, I absolutely love my beach properties. My beach properties are in seasonal markets and by seasonal, it's about four months uh, of no booking. So you, you're booked like May, I'm sorry, March, the other M, uh, big, big difference there. March 1st through, we're seeing about October-ish now. Uh, when I first started in, in Destin, Florida was my first beach property. It was really, it was really like August and September when it started to cool down. Now it's more like October, and, and I am seeing that hold true this year. A lot of folks were thinking that was a 21 thing, but I, I'm I'm pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. I'm getting some traction in October in my beach properties right now. So you can plan on like March 1st through um, Halloween ish of being, you know, probably somewhere in the. I would say well, depending on the size of your property, obviously. I hate to even throw a number out there because a two bedroom versus six bedroom is going to be a huge difference, but you know, maybe 80, 85% in that summertime, uh, uh, 80, uh, 80 to 85% occupied. And then the winter we're planning on being completely empty. Um, and if we can hit some, if we can hit some, uh, some bookings, that's cool. And we do, you, you will hit some bookings, especially if you have a heated pool, um, uh, which is very, very common in, in my beach markets to either have a heated pool or a community heated pool, which will get you some traction in the winter. But um, Christmas is going to get booked. Thanksgiving's probably going to get booked. And um, so to, and then, I'll, and then I'll slide into snowbirds. I'm going to make a note here, snowbirds, because that is a big, de- uh, big factor as well. But to, to, to round, round out the conversation, my beach properties make just as much, if not more as comparable mountain properties uh, or other vacation, you know, more, less seasonal uh, vacation market properties, but it's less work um, because I get, I get three or four months off and I absolutely love that. So it depends on your position in life. If you're just starting out, maybe you need that full year round market for not only to ease your, your, your mind, but to, you know, to, to make sure that the mortgage is being paid year round and spreading it out. But if you're good at managing your money and you're at a different point in life where you're a little bit, maybe more mature, uh, then, then I absolutely dig the, the having three or four months off. And then I'll round out the conversation again with snowbirds because you can put a snowbird. Generally it's a three to four month thing, maybe two months. Um, and in a, in a, in a, I'm, I'm specifically in the Florida panhandles where I have experience in the, in the Emerald coast and the forgotten coast areas. Um, and so you can put a snowbird. It's going to be generally about Christmas time until that March 1st or, uh, April 1st ish. Like bigger properties, my property, a large ride. Um, uh, and the reason they don't, snowbirds don't like bigger properties is because they're generally more expensive and snowbirds are tend to be kind of frugal. It's like a, you know, it's like they're saving up their extra pennies to get out of the snow and then, you know, they don't want it to be too expensive. So if you got a one bedroom condo or something like that, or, or even a two bedroom or maybe a little town home, then snowbirds are, are a, a great way to go in the winter. 
So you're telling me that <clears throat> you can make as much or more money on a seasonal property as a not seasonal property. And there's really just a time and place in everyone's real estate investing career where either or will make sense. 100%. You nailed it. Cool. And another question that I wanted to get to with you. So let's say you're getting into a new market and it fits all of our personal criteria, which guys are way is not the right and only way. There are a lot of people that are making money doing other things in the short-term rental space than what we do. But what's these criteria is what it, is what has made us successful. So regional drivable vacation markets. You guys have heard me say that a, a million times, a million zillion, as my three-year-old says all the time. Um, so when we, the most recent market that we got into is Cape Sandblast, Florida, and it checked all of the boxes in terms of no hotel presence. It's been around for a really long time and all the tourism there stays in short-term rentals. And the thing that is missing from that market that I see as an opportunity, but I want to hear what Luke has to say, is there's not any data well, there's a little bit. There's really not much data, though, because almost everything in that market is managed by two or three big local property management companies. So there are all these short-term rentals, but there's not that many of them on Airbnb and Verbo. So there's not a lot of data that I know. And I don't rely on data as much as I probably should, which, you know, that that scares some people sometimes. They need to see a lot of data to feel comfortable to make an investment in a new market. What are your thoughts on that? Is that an opportunity or is that something to um, to pull back from? So lots to unpack there. Um, I, I think that I don't know that it's an opportunity, but it is something that I like because I've been through it before. I mean, it was the same in the Smokies. You know, we, we did not have there was no air DNA back then. There was none of that stuff. And everything was managed by a property manager. When, when we went into, we're on the Cape, which is a tiny little area. Um, and, you know, Mexico Beach, that area is what you're talking about. Yeah, there's just not a lot of people that are doing it yet because it's a little behind the times. The Smokies are kind of, you know, the the, the forerunner of, uh, of vacation markets. So they're, they, they've not now caught up everybody in, in the Smokies, the cleaners in the Smokies know what Airbnb is, you know, um, and, and in the forgotten coast, they don't. And so no, for me, it was difficult to, to run numbers on when we first bought there, which has been almost a year now. Um, but I, I've been through it so many times before that I felt comfortable with it. And, um, and, and, and I was enemy methoding and my enemies were horrible. Um, you know, when your enemy has like a blurry front page picture and they have 72 reviews, which is a lot, um, and, and, uh, and, and four stars, you know, like 4.3.9 or 4.1 or something, uh, you know, that you can come in and smoke it. Um, so that was a no brainer for us when you go to a new, going into a new market. Um, it, it's difficult because you're scared to death. Um, like you said, but a market that, that this has uh, not been done for years and years. Uh, but but it is, again, this market you're talking about is a vacation market. It was just behind the time. So I had all the confidence that I can go in there and smoke it. And we are. Um, that that house is amazing, by the way. We've, we've rehabbed it and it's beautiful and uh, and we love it there. And and, um, and that does have a lot to do with it. Um, you know, you need to, we're talking about management here. You need to be in love with your property. There's, you know, in real estate, we're, we oftentimes we're afraid to we're supposed to we're not supposed to have any emotions involved. And that is 100 percent true. But 
there's a bit of an asterisk there with, with short term, because if you don't like this property, you're not going to be able to rent it because you're renting it yourself. You are the marketer. You are the property manager. So your listing needs to reflect how much you enjoy this house. If I see somebody that's like, I love this house. You know, I go there when I'm not renting it. Um, I'm probably more likely to, to, to go that direction than um, something that looks, you know, cookie cutter. And um, like the, the people own that are managing it don't own it and they don't care about it, that kind of thing. And, and I do agree with you um, just to slightly switch gears here about the about the data. I'm, I'm not really that guy either. Um, I, I basically just sit there and say, hey, do I, do I feel pretty confident that this thing's going to make more than what it's going to cost me? If so, yes, buy it. Move on to the next. Again, that's just my vibe. I've always been, you know, I'm a guy that owns over 200 doors with no partners, which is it's just a huge deal. And, and it was a really a big, big thing for us to get to where we are. And it was a lot of work, a lot of 4 a.m.s. Um, but, but yeah, I, I've never really been one to just sit there and, and stare at third-party data. I'm definitely hundred percent, I'd say I'm about 90%, um, enemy method and, and yellow scratch pads like the miracle morning. Yeah. So do, do as we say, not as we do guys, you guys were by no means saying don't use data. You guys use all the data tools that are available to you, but yep. we're at the point in our careers where we can all kind of wing it a little bit. You know, how I even found that market was in 2018, I think, I was really pissed off at a seller. Uh, I was uh, I was representing the buyer on a really, really badass property in Cobbling Knob in the Smokies. And it was self-managed, which, which at the time was um, not common. And they had really, really good numbers. And it was a really good deal. And we needed like one extra day, something to do with the lender. I can't remember or the appraisal didn't come in on time and we needed to extend by one day. And the seller had gotten a backup offer, a cash backup that apparently was way better than ours. So they refused to extend and our buyer lost it in the last 48 hours. So I was really pissed off and I was like, who are these people? Who are these assholes? So I looked up the sellers and they I found their direct booking page and they had these successful properties in the Smokies, but they also had these successful properties in something called the Forgotten Coast that I'd never heard of. And I'm like, well, as pissed off as I am at these people for doing this to my clients, which, you know, unfortunately is just real estate. But I was like, maybe there's something to this market because they've got all these great ones that they're really doing well with here in the Smokies. Let me take a look at this Forgotten Coast. And then next time we were down in, in Destin, before we moved down here, I, my mom and I drove down there and looked around. So the whole reason we have that house is because I got pissed off at a seller one time. <laughs> yes. Um, Avery is the sweetest uh, piece of pecan pie on the planet. But uh, if you make her mad, she will move a mountain. And I've seen her do it. <laughs> well, anyway, that's enough about me. So <laughs> also, um, let's talk about saturation because I see that word getting thrown around a lot in 2022. What do you think about that? Well, I'm sick of hearing it, honestly. It's misuse is what the problem is. Saturation, it, in our markets, it's not, it's not, it doesn't exist. In order for these markets where we are, it's vacation markets, right? Where this has literally been what's been done in these markets for years. Nobody lives in these towns. People go there on vacation. They stay in a house. There's no hotels, very few. Um, there's very few condos, etc. It's vacation homes in these markets. And that's why we're there. And the regulations are fantastic in our favor. They want us to be there. Um, and what, 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 would what would have to happen to be saturated in one of our markets is they would have to build, you know, 
the number of properties that are already there, uh, build that again. And then we are, we're seeing some building going on in the past couple of years. It's been slowing down a little bit lately, but I mean, what, what, what have we seen? 3% uh, increase in inventory, maybe. So it's not saturated. What it is, is there is more, I don't even want to put a label on it, but there are more people doing what these people that are worried that it's saturated are doing. They're not using property managers anymore. And that, is the reality. Okay. We're not, we're not throwing a bunch of properties that were not being rented before into an area that they're now being rented. That's not what's happening in short-term shop markets and vacation markets, but we are seeing more hosts out of state hosts, especially coming in, taking over the management, which improves the management because a third party property manager is never going to, well, you know, there's exception because you can have that's horrible at it. Uh, we've seen some of those, but uh, in most cases, a self-manager, which is not even a good way to put it. We need to come up with a better term for self-short-term uh, uh, rentals. A host, there we'll go with host for now. Um, a host is generally going to do a much better job than a third-party manager. So we're seeing some of the third-party management properties kind of disappear. Those not not as, as relevant as they used to be, although they still are the massive you know, majority. They're the majority. But we're seeing more people that are better at it coming in. And, and what does that mean? It means we have to work harder. We have to pay attention. And we need to get the bookings before that guy, that, that other host that's also as good as at, at this as I am does. And you got to, you know, you got to put some effort in. Sorry. <laughs> you got to put some effort. So, you know, that saturation, I get so sick of that word because it's like, dude, it's not like they built 700 more of my house right next to my house. Now that's saturation. Also, the word oversaturation really annoys me, too, because it's redundant. You don't have to say over with the word saturated because the word saturated actually takes care of that on its own. So you don't have to say oversaturated. That is my English teacher like pet peeve right now. <laughs> it's the word oversaturated, irregardless. Irregardless. Anyway. irregardless. There's a, instead of Seinfeld, it's like you can't be too wet. You're either just wet or you're not like you get out of the swimming pool. You know, uh, uh, what? Yeah overwhelmed or underwhelmed, but you can't be whelmed. Whelmed. You yeah. can't be combobulated. You can only so be well. discombobulated. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so let's talk about guidebooks and standing oh, cool. out. Yeah, this is an interesting subject. Um, and uh, uh, they're awesome. Uh, up until recently, I didn't think that they were um, necessary or that great of an idea because it's just a lot of guests were not I felt that they just didn't care. They're not going to click on something and go look, you know, it, traditionally guests, they just want to show up, have a clean, cute, comfortable place and leave. But now with this influx of more hosts over property managers, which is, it's, we're going to figure out a better way to say that because a host is a property manager, uh, hosts over third parties. Um, we, we are seeing that the guests are being receptive to that. Uh, they're seeing okay. They're 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 being more receptive now to the whole culture and the fact that this is a thing, and they're not like weirded out or sketched out. Or you see these movies on TV where they rent an Airbnb and then everybody gets murdered or something like that. Um, and I think that the guests are appreciating the fact that the hosts are putting in more effort, and we're finally getting to the point where something like a guidebook is making a lot of sense. Um, and, and I'm all virtual. Some people say, Luke, do we need a, a, you know, like a folder in the house with things to do and how to use the TVs, et cetera. I did. I don't like that personally. I don't think it's a mistake. 
it's just not for me because I'm a germ person and I, I can't even imagine how many greasy pizza fingers have touched that guidebook and to make my housekeeper flip through every page of that makes me a little grossed out. So I'm virtual and, and I am using now I'm using touch day. There's two options out there. Really. There's two big options. There's hostfully and there's touch day. Uh, they're both very similar and either one of them is fantastic and both great options. Um, I'm personally using touch day. I will say it was, it was rather difficult for me to figure out. I don't know if that was just me or what, but, uh, uh once I got it, it, it's really cool and I dig it. And, um, here's another cool trick. I, you know, uh, touch day is going to, or hopefully they're going to give you a link to your guidebook that you can share with your guests. And what I did was I created, cause I do this for everything. I created a, a, a URL for those guidebooks and did a shortcut. So each guidebook is the name of the street. I didn't want to give the full address, obviously, because you don't want to give your guests the full address unless you need to. Um, so like, uh, uh, you know, if the house is one, two, three main street, you go get mainstreetguide.com is what I did. And I'll throw it in there in the, in the, and the uh, welcome message, here's well, uh, MainStreetGuide.com. It's got everything about the house. Here's a perfect example. Yesterday, I got a message from a guest. She said, "Your uh, my, my daughter tried to go to the pool and the alarm, there's an alarm going off. What do we do? And she was like mad and freaking out. And in the state of Florida, you legally have to have a pool alarm, um, and which makes sense because you don't want some child to open that door. God forbid we have little kids, but some child, you're not paying attention, which we would never do that. But it they open the door, they go outside and something terrible could happen. So in Florida, the, if you open the door, the, there's a buzzer. It legally needs to go off. Like annoyed by that. So guess what? I've got a YouTube in my guidebook and um, I sent her the link to that page. And I said, here, check this out. And what you're doing there, really the cool part about that is you're saying, hey, you already had access to this information. It's a psychological thing. You already had access to this information. I, you know, uh, I, I that you didn't, you know, take the time to look, but we did provide this information to you. And now here is me uh, basically holding your hand and saying, hey, look, check it out. I already gave you this, but here it is again. So basically you're just getting yourself off the hook there. Um, and now and now all of a sudden she's like, oh, um, this is supposed to be here. This is supposed to be how it is. And it's my fault for not looking. And then boom, she's back to being happy again. Again, it's a lot of psychology and, and hosting. I had Tyann... Marsink Hammond on a few episodes back. And I used the example because we were talking about the um, the Ozarks or Branson anyway. And I said, here's an example of why you would need a guidebook. After we had that near-death experience in the motorhome when we passed the the RV park um, entrance, when you, when you swung back around and I went in to check us in, I told the lady what had happened. And she said, oh yeah, everybody does that. Well, it would have been helpful to have gotten a digital guidebook that told us, hey, everybody does this. Don't do this or you will probably die. Probably several people have died doing that, I would guess. And um, so it's it's really helpful to get out in front of those kinds of things so that the guests know and expect. They have all these expectations and they understand what's going on, how to run things. Don't pass the entrance to the RV park on the way in because you'll die. Important things like that. Once again. Upstream, going back to that book, uh, read it. It's fantastic. All right, Luke. Well, we're coming to the end of the show. I'm not going to ask you the three questions, or maybe I will ask you the three questions, even though I already asked them on last year when we had you on. That you were episode number one, and now we are back one year later with you on the show again. Or did you want to talk about, about Florida insurance real quick? Well, it's boring, but we could, I mean, if you want to. 
Yeah, let's talk about it. Actually, before we end the show, we're going to talk about Florida insurance. That was a note that we wanted to hit that I skipped. Not so. not the way I want to end the show because it is like, oh, man, it's a snoozer. Um, but insurance is an interesting topic to me. Insurance is the um, it's giant of real estate. You know, it's the one where we're like, you know, when you're first getting into a, a market or buying a property for your first time, there's all this stuff that's overwhelming and picking your agent and all that stuff. And insurance is the one where we're like, oh, crap, I forgot about getting my insurance. And, um, and it is a big process. It is. And, and lately we've had a real problem in Florida in general. And, and if anybody uh, owns in Florida or lives in Florida, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but I think it was like March-ish, uh, FedNAT dropped 56,000 uh, pro- uh, policies in the state of Florida. And what happens here is then, again, I'm not I'm no expert on the subject, but I've done quite a bit of research. And uh, what happens is, is these, pro- these providers, these brokers, these carriers, at the beginning of the year, they have to turn in their numbers to the government and say, hey, we think we're going to take on this many new policies this year. And the government approves it. Well, when FedNAT lost 56,000 for whatever reason – all the other providers could not pick up the slack because they already turned in the number of properties that they were supposed to, you know, allowed to take on. And, and they just simply couldn't take them all on. And now it's, it's what it's done is forced the prices through the roof. And the carriers are now saying if your roof, ironically, is X number of years old, et cetera, um, we can't take your house and, and uh, prices are through the roof. Long story short on that, the governor is now DeSantos. It's DeSantos, right? Yeah. Uh, or I think it's DeSantis IS. Tis. The governor is now involved and they, they, they realize that this is an issue because in, in some cases, people's insurance in Florida has doubled or even tripled. Uh, but the governor is now involved and they are working on a way to resolve this issue. And, and I anticipate no later than like March, you know, when when, when the new year rolls around and the, and the other carriers or DeSantis is now trying to bring in uh, carriers that were not previously in Florida, things like that. Um, I think by the first of the year, when they're able to turn in their numbers that they are anticipating bringing on as new policies, this will likely reset. So keep in mind that, yes, Florida insurance is through the roof right now. Um, but um, I wouldn't hesitate to if you fall in love with a property or find a deal that you like. I wouldn't I wouldn't let that turn turn you away, because I think I think again, I'm not an expert here, but I think probably around March ish, you should be able to go ahead and put it go find a, a more reasonably priced uh, policy on that Florida property um, once this this whole thing. I mean, we got really shook up about this in, in the springtime with this FedNAT thing. So once that shakes out, uh, we should be back to normal in the springtime. Awesome. Snoozer. Now that I put everybody to sleep. Boring. So boring, <laughs> but that's good to know. I didn't know all that stuff. So I learned something and hopefully everyone else did too. All right. So last three questions of the show. What advice would you give 20-year-old Luke, I have a lot of advice for him, but what advice do you have for him? As far as you're concerned, I still am 20 years old, right? Uh, I act like it anyway. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, we, uh, we, you asked me these on the first one, and uh, and it's 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 a di- difficult thing to to know. Um, I would tell him to. I think he did everything right, honestly. I, 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 you know, I'm not no no mistake kind of guy. You know, I just. You, take everything you've been through and, and learn from it. And this is going to lead me into your second question. We'll give me a little breathing room on that one, I think, because I'm a fan, by the way, I listen to every episode. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I definitely partied too long. I think I stayed put in certain towns longer than I should have. I've got a guy that moved around a lot, but, um, uh, you know, uh, no regrets. Awesome. That's a good answer. I think 
you the first time you said, well, you couldn't tell me anything when I was 20 yeah. anyway. <laughs> I remember I had a good one that I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to beat that, but I don't remember what it was. So thank you. Uh, you remember everything. Uh, All right. True. What advice do you have for a new investor who's getting started today in July of 2022? Read more books and wake up earlier. Uh, I got, you got all these people that come into the space, uh, not this space. I mean, I came came into the space. I did the same thing. You know, we bought our first house exactly 10 years ago, as a matter of fact. And um, uh, I, I don't know. I just I feel like people aren't trying hard enough. They, they kind of get into real estate because they think it's a good way to quit their job. And and to me, it's it is a job. You know, I'm, I'm bust my ass. So wake up early. Um, that was a huge, huge turning point for me when, when the success really started coming in. Uh, and I'm not talking about 6:30 here. I'm talking, you know, put a three in front of it and you will really start destroying life. Uh, four, four is good. Four is, four is good. You got to work your way up to it. But if you put a three in front of it for a year or two, you will, I mean, your net worth is really going to start rolling at that point and read more nonfiction books. All right. Speaking of books, what is your favorite book that has impacted your mindset? Well, see, I read so many books that's difficult to answer. So I'm going to go with my uh, I'm gonna uh, my my book recommendation for right now is going to be best book I've read recently, if you don't mind. And I'm uh, currently uh, finishing up a, a book that I thought was fantastic called The Psychology of Money. Um, again, boring title. It's like, oh, great. Every other stupid nonfiction business book of all time right there. But it is, I, I am enjoying it. Um, and I, it is a little, it's a Morgan Howell is the, is the dude. Uh, it's a little on the conservative side. Like it's not, um, you know, it's definitely not in the Kiyosaki realm. It's, it's a little more in the Ramsey realm. Um, but it's, it's definitely a great way to, to kind of look at what you've got going on as far as your, your concern. So, most recent awesome book that I read, uh, The Psychology of Money. All right. I don't think anyone said that one yet. And I guess that is it for today. Thank you for all of your wisdom that you have offered. And if our listeners want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? I don't want to be gotten a hold of. I don't like to be got. That's what. That's why you're here. You're more lovable anyway. Uh, but uh, our Facebook groups, I do hang out on our Facebook groups all the time. Um, we do have the largest, to my knowledge, largest independently operated uh, short-term rental Facebook group that exists, Short-Term Rental Long-Term Wealth, which, of course, is named after um, Lost Lady's best-selling fantastic book. So find that. Uh, and I'm on, I'm in there every day. But uh, other, than, other than that, um, you can find me with my kids. Yeah, I think we're actually second after Airbnb Mastermind. But ours doesn't say Airbnb. <laughs> but that's a good one too. Anyway, join both of them. And because uh, we have the guy who runs that one on coming on in a few episodes. So, Oh, cool. Cool. I'm not familiar with it. I'll have to go join. Yeah, go check it out. All right. Well, Luke, thanks so much for coming and we will catch you later. Catch you on the Facebook group. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.